This is the Yay. I'm Reg Clay. And Norman G. This is the Yay, where we talk about life in the theater and the theater of life. Yay! <laughs> All righty. Uh, as always, we are sponsored by Central Works, a new play theater headed up by Gary Graves and Jans Leifler. Central Works, reinventing theater one play at a time. I am so excited. We are live. And I in person. Myself, yeah, in person. I mean, because, we're always live. Well, yeah, that yeah, that is true. But we actually see each other face to face because uh, the last couple of times it's always been Zoom. And of course, we're being respectful. All of us are vaccinated, and you know, and I we're hope good so. <laughs> and we have a special guest, Lauren Garcia. How are you, Lauren? I'm good. I'm good. I'm so happy to be here. Oh yeah, no, gosh. thank you so what? much. And uh, Lauren, you are a member of the Chickahan. Theater Company, the Philippine Theater Company, headed up by uh, Alan Casmorio, Eli, Sonny Orquiza. There are a bunch of other folks, and we'll be talking about that. And, um, well, how have you been doing, especially with uh, COVID-19 and, uh, you know, all these things? You're healthy, wealthy, and, and wise and all that stuff? <laughs> Minus the wealthy, but yes, mm. all the things. Well, I guess health as well, so very wealthy. Very, okay. Yeah, very, very good. All righty. So, um, yeah, we'll definitely talk about that and uh, other things. Norman, as I begin our podcast each week, how was your week? It's been a big week, um, which is funny because I have not been working. I wasted two days trying to get on unemployment and then got an email saying, hey, did you want to do this gig? And I was like, uh, yeah, I guess I'll just hold on. It took me two days to register for unemployment. And just as I got registered and I started filling in the things, I get this email and I'm like, boom. So suddenly I'm booked. Now, this is fresh Fresh, hot off the press. Mm-hmm. Um, got an email yesterday. I just looked at it, looked it over, and mm-hmm. answered this morning that now, does I'm. Does this deal with play- Playground? No. Oh, no. I haven't we'll got to that one. Okay. That one, jeez. <laughs> uh, no, this is this is even more new. Um, so, you know, SF Shakes is doing Pericles, mm-hmm. and they've got four segments, and they're about to do, I think, the third segment. They're finishing up, and they're about to start the fourth ser- segment. They've, mm-hmm. they've broken it up. Some of it is live. Some of it is recorded. Um, it's a trip. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I got an email saying, oh, could you possibly understudy? Okay. So I have to, well, so one of the other big things that's coming up, the reason we will not be doing this next Saturday is because I will be in L.A. for my folks' 50th anniversary. Awesome. So, yeah, that's, I'm like, so when they said these are the times and dates that we want to rehearse, I'm like, uh, next weekend I can't, I'll be gone. (laughs) I could do Friday. I probably can't do Sunday unless you're doing Sunday night. And then I'll be coming off the road. So that'll be on you if you want to do that. Um, but the other gig that I just picked up, I will have to bump. So I've done one day of training, and now if this goes through today, I'll be like, okay, hey, sorry, y'all. I know you just trained me to do this job. I can't do it. I'm a theater guy first, so that'll be mm. that. Um, we've got family in town. That's been big. Um, and So running around with them and doing yeah. stuff. Now, Playground, we can talk about that. One more thing, though. Dexter yes. mm-hmm. um, went away to college. Tuesday, yeah. <laughs> came back last night because he was going to this rave, all mm-hmm. ages rave, and our nephew, who's in town, wanted to go with him. He's 15. You've got to have an ID, and not just a vaccination card, but an ID, and not a school ID because it has to have your birth date on it. So they couldn't go. So they ended up running, roaming the streets of San Francisco, which seemed pretty cool. Now, the playground thing was just weird because that just happened. I am now officially an associate producer with Playground. There Yay! Four of us. Yes. And um, 
Jim is really good about sending out press releases and things like that. You mm-hmm. know, very old fashioned thing that a lot of people don't bother with anymore. Mm-hmm. They just jump straight to social media. But he sends a press release out. American Theater Monthly, the monthly magazine for the United States, <laughs> decides to feature us. And yeah. So they did a nice little write up about us. It's you, Stephanie Prentice, Jet Presario, who uh, we've had on, on episode 63 and 186, and mm-hmm. Katya Rivera. And Katya Rivera. And we've had her on episode 168. No, it's fantastic. Yeah. I, and I'm glad that Jim Kleinman, he, it sounds like, because I always get the feeling that he's been overburdened. By doing this and doing that, and now he's getting other he people too. He works way too much. I don't know how he stays sane, hmm. trying to keep all the pieces together. But that was part of the idea of this was he's been sort of moving towards that for a year or more. Mm-hmm. In fact, Katya and I were unofficially doing a bunch of this work already. Yeah. Selection committee. Um, so we're tomorrow we'll do the writer's pool. <laughs> I'm, I'm making fingers at Ridge. I'm like, you got your fingers crossed? Yeah. Um, we'll be doing selection pool tomorrow, so we'll have a first meeting about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also helping out with other aspects of production. But to me, the most important part of it is that we're part of the conversation about what the company is, what the company does, and how we relate to the larger theater community. Well, to our theater community, our company, but how that relates to the larger theater community. That's yeah. always been my thing. I hate that we live in an era that talks about theater companies, but if you say, who's your company, most places do not have an actual company. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, Playground has a company, mm-hmm. and we want people to feel included, and we want people to feel like there are avenues of communication available to them even when they're not actually doing the shows. And, you know, not all beyond the diversity side of the conversation, you know, diversity, equity, inclusivity, that right, right. that piece. Um, so, yeah, we've got Latina, two, I think, Latina, mm-hmm. um, and Jed and me. So we've got our LGBTQ. Yeah. We've got Filipino, um, a- black African-American. Yeah. 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 yeah, no, it's I think it's fine. And I, I think it's very Jewish. Very, yeah, yeah, that's right. So I think that. Playground has done a lot to you know, make sure that everyone is a part of it because one of the biggest issues in Lord and you can chip in chip in you know any <laughs> given time, but you know we also there are companies that'll say oh we we're doing a black play we need a black person or right. we're, we want to focus on this and you can very easily feel like you're the token person yeah. I don't know if you've ever felt that way, Lauren. I mean, have you felt like, oh, we need a uh, Asian person? You know, let's bring in somebody. Yeah, you know? yeah I th- and I think like it's also uh, it's hard to place somebody like me sometimes. Or what I've felt is that I'm also Mexican, so mm-hmm. I'll walk into a room having all of these like intersections in my right. life and ability to offer. Um, and even those token roles, I'm not quite the right person right because I also add another layer that right. ha- yeah. isn't <laughs> isn't able to be uh, dissected and pieced right. apart um, which and they may not be ready to go oh you could we can add that in mm-hmm. let's go ahead and just add that in yeah or having the conversation and so sometimes uh, what I experience is um, and I it's hard for me to navigate sometimes in like quote unquote professional spaces because I'll bring something and I'll bring this idea and I haven't quite learned how to like explain it um, or to have it be received in a way that's valuable Mm -hmm. um, versus something that seems challenging. 
which right. I yeah. try to look for people who find the challenge valuable. <laughs> right, exactly. And I think that's one of the issues. Like, you know, like I'm sure we've come into a theater company and we'll say, hey, listen, I have an idea. I want to focus on this and this is part of my life or my experiences. Mm -hmm. And you get a pat on the head like, oh, okay, that's interesting. Or well, we can't, don't quite hear it or see it or right. understand. And you, we, don't have, we don't have a slot for it. Right, exactly. Or, or this is interfering with what I want to do. Oh, that's nice. We'll put it to the side, but now let's work on right. this. Yeah. And you quickly feel, okay, why am I really here? Mm -hmm. And I think Playground is addressing that because you have individuals in control right. who are diverse, yeah. who can say, you know, maybe Katja may not understand the black experience, but you do. Right, right. And well, and it's going to be interesting. Um, Christian Wilburn, mm -hmm. who's also been yep. on the A, yeah. um, has been commissioned to write a full-length piece based on Sasha, Sasha and Angelier, which ended up being part of that. Yeah, like, yeah, it was it was just announced. Uh, uh, you know, there's been a lot. We haven't talked in a while. I know, so, <laughs> um, but that commission is going to allow him to step up. There's going to be a reading of that play at some point, probably next spring. Hmm. Who's going to direct it? Because Christian Wilburn identifies as black, mm -hmm. but. The character, I don't think, is specifically written as black. And the Angelier is a fictional character, so come on, it could be anybody. But most importantly, Katja is the one who directed it when it was first done. Mm -hmm. I got to direct it for the best of, but I'm like, if when it comes down to who's going to do this, that becomes, and it's weird, it's where you take all of these identities kind of off the table and go back to people. Mm -hmm. You were there first. So even if this is a black character, if you and the playwright feel like you have a relationship, I'm going to step back and go, I, you know, I endorse this. Yeah. 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 There you go. Yeah. It's great. You know, we interview individuals and then they ascend. Yeah. Like I was talking to uh, you, Lauren, Eli Sonny Orkiza, you know, when I first interviewed him mm -hmm. in January of 2020, uh, he was just, I just knew him as an actor. I acted with him with, uh, at, doing the, um, Playwright Center for San Francisco. Right. And now I he's ascending, you know, yeah. and, you know, with the uh, living, uh, what is it, the living document? The living document, living document. Yes. And also now part of the Chickahan Company. So Ew. it's cool when you when we interview people and then they ascend. Like yeah. we're interviewing you now, Lauren. Yeah. And, you know, who knows? You who may knows? ascend <laughs> years from now. You know, we're like, yeah, we knew her. <laughs> so it's cool. Well, uh, it's also freaky to have people say, oh, I heard the podcast and blah, blah, blah. You know, they'll reference it. And I'm like, y'all listen? Oh. <laughs> We're not just talking to ourselves. We, we got a new subscriber, YouTube subscriber. So um, I feel bad for YouTube because as we do live, it means we're not on YouTube unless I can figure out how to do a, you know, a video version mm -hmm. of live. But right. that'll be later on. And it'll be a little bit more money. Well, no, because it can be audio. I listen to lots of music that is Oh, you know, YouTube a audio? Image. Yeah. Is a static image? Yeah, yeah that, I guess so. Um, that could be a little bit boring, I think. I'll, I'll, I'll think and see. Think That'll be something it. to ask about memory. But that shouldn't be. Yeah. That shouldn't be uh, more expensive, I would think. Well, cameras. I mean, no, I, no, I no. Do I'm a, saying if oh, you. Oh, oh, oh no, do it that if way. If you do a static image. That's right. No, it yeah. won't, won't cost money, money at all. So we'll see. Yeah. We'll explore. There have been a couple of current events. Um, there have been people who have been canceled on Twitter. Uh, you know, that's been the sort of the punishment. Marjorie Taylor Greene. Uh, is she finally fully canceled? Because well, that's what I hear. I hope so. San Francisco Giants Aubrey Huff, uh, yeah, he, he was canceled. So that's no, that was it. Wasn't that a company that said we were going to disassociate with you? Uh, yeah, but you know, if you're, you know, Twitter, like I mean, you know, yeah. when you're off of, 
It's funny how social, social media. media yeah. yeah. Are you big on social media, um, Lauren? Uh, just Instagram, and only because I use it to like drop my visual thoughts. Oh, good. Which it, people make um, all my friends make fun of me. They're like, oh. Uh, your Instagram's not funny, but you're funny. And I'm like, no, it's hilarious. They're like, we can't see the jokes. I feel like those jokes are only in your mind. And oh, no. Yeah. That's true. It's true. It's where I dump things yeah. um, to get off my well, mind. If they're paying attention, it's great. Yeah. <laughs> the whole social media and, and the power that it has. You know, oh, now yeah. people are saying like, hey, you're violating my First Amendment rights to free speech. Mm. But Twitter's a private company. Well, that's, that's why I don't like the term cancel because it – gets used in ways like when people talk about the First Amendment. And it's like, if it's not the government, then it's not the First Amendment. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Mm. A couple of other things. I'm glad you're on Lauren because I want to get a women's perspective. So there's a woman. I don't know if you heard about the Trevor Bauer situation. Trevor Bauer is a uh, – he's – I know you're not into sports, but uh, he's a um, Los Angeles Dodger. Okay. I think he's a pitcher. Very uh, – and you know he's making a lot of money. So a woman, he got involved in a relationship with a woman. That happens. Yeah, that happens. They had casual sex. Uh, it got a little rough, oh. and she uh, basically filed charges against him. The uh. judge, she wanted to have a restraining order against Bauer. Sure. The judge, female judge, said no. Why? Because they read her text, part of the evidence, basically saying she agreed to it, Uh huh. which is sort of a gray area. It's right. like... You can say, yes, I want to do this in the bedroom. Yes. Mm. But that can change because yeah. you may say, sure, I'm okay for this. But all of a sudden, other things happen in the bedroom yeah. that you didn't agree to. Right. And now all of a sudden. So it's it's a gray area. And I'm a little surprised that a judge would do this. I mean, this also ties in with, you know, what happened with Bill Cosby. And well, now the R. Kelly case evidence, is going on. Evidence. If there's evidence. Like the R. Kelly thing, they're talking about film. They said yeah. he liked to film all this. And I'm like, oh, dude. If they got your film, you're you're done. But, but in the first R. Kelly case, they had film. I mean, he was. I mean, listen, this is not safe for. But he was urinating. Oh right, yes. On an underage woman. Right. Uh, underage girl. Yet the the jury still. But of course, this was a different time period. Yeah. They let him go. Right. Because apparently she was okay about it, and it's like, listen, it doesn't even matter. You know, right. She, was underage. she had said she had said she was okay. About yeah. It, yeah. But how do you feel about, I guess, the whole uh, Me Too movement and cancel culture and just the, the dialogue that you would have with you know, someone else? I mean, do you take extra precautions about what you say and, and, and all of that sort of stuff? I, well, like, so this restraining order is interesting to me because uh, it's, yes, I, I don't understand, like, I'm not trained in the court of law, but it sounds like they put a lot of um, weight on verbal communication. Right. And I don't know that every single person is uh, especially women, especially when you're in a situation where there's like power dynamics. Yeah. I don't know that verbal communication is necessarily the only thing right. that needs to happen. Um, and also, like, just from my like growth, mm -hmm. verbal communication wasn't necessarily taught to me. Right. Um, and like yeah, culturally, right. and like with like neuro like neurodivergent versus neuro neurotypical, there's different mm -hmm. ways to like communicate and so i have a feeling that this trevor bauer person if that person was paying attention and truly about like when you're intimate with someone you're paying attention right mm -hmm. i imagine that they weren't paying attention yeah you're no you, you hit an excellent point you know some people really just don't care i mean you know mm -hmm. you check in the, the whole concept of checking in mm -hmm. i don't know if i was taught about this but i mean i'm 
I was very close with my mom before she passed away, and she had to deal with all sorts of abuse as a child by her own stepfather. Mm. And that's made me, Reg Clay, very sensitive to how right. I deal with women and oh, yeah. checking in, like, hey, is this okay? Is that okay? I want to make sure I don't hurt you. Now, of course, there are relationships where you don't have that dynamic at all. They're like, hey, right. she said yes. I'm going for it. I don't oh, even yeah. care. Oh, yeah. And you would think in a court of law that would be introduced. Now, of course, the defense attorney will bring everything up because they, they, they're focusing on their client. Well, but that other aspect is the if it's text, if you wrote it down, yeah, you know, the judge has to give that some weight. Like, oh, you agreed to this. Now, yeah, you always have the right to say no. Right. But you can see where there's an area of confusion. And then it gets into what you were saying. If this guy is just going, oh, no, we agreed to this, and he's just going balls forward, right. not, not paying attention. And there are pictures of her bruises. Ow. There are pictures of her bruises. And why, wasn't, why was the text given more weight than the bruises? So it's, it's icky. It's one of those things. And it's, it's an ongoing conversation because, mm -hmm. you know, he's, this isn't going to be the only one. We're only right. thinking about it now because he's famous and all that stuff. Um, on a lighter level, <laughs> shower wars. Jake oh, Gyllenhaal, Aston Kuster, Mila Kunis are going online saying, oh, you don't need to shower. Have you heard about this? No. <laughs> yes. I think I heard reference to it, but no. So, yeah, I, I don't even know how. And, of course, you know, they, I think they were just trying to be cute and talk about, well, we're sheltering in place and maybe water conservation. I don't know. Right. I mean, California is going through a drought. Yeah. But I would think you need to shower every day <laughs> or, no, or every other day. Not, well, a, not every day. You don't. You don't. Um, my mother mm -hmm. is a former nurse, um, and she worries about stuff like that all the time. But she's talking about she's more concerned for her and my stepfather um, that they're older mm -hmm. and that doing that to your skin every day is not a good thing. Yeah, yes. that's a good point. I, I was a former nurse, too. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> oh, I didn't know that. Yes. Um, I was a oncology nurse for a decade. Um, Ooh. But that is true, especially in elderly patients yeah. that we don't we didn't shower them every day. Yeah. But I but I do will say I have questions about this because mm -hmm. I want to know: Are they saying showering, or is there like any bathing going on? Right, because, right, right. Like, you That's know what I'm the saying? question. Yes. So, like, even with our elderly, we may not shower them for two, or three like days. Like a sponge bath, right? Right. But like, are we cleaning their parts that like? Right. You know. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, there are a lot of there are a lot of questions, and you know, I think they weren't even trying to say don't shower at all. I think they were just saying, hey, this is what we do or don't do, and of course, people have their opinions, and they just flamed on them, and well, they're like, they don't yeah. seem to be dirty people. I mean, you know, that's no, I, I th we are in this frigging drought. Like, I guess yeah. what just happened this week is the governor asked us to voluntarily reduce our yeah. you know, our consumption and by shipping 50%. in water for animals. Mm. Did you hear about that? No, I hadn't heard they were shipping. I heard they were cutting down on farm. Right, right. It's just, I don't know. You know, the other thing I remember is, I remember being a kid and going to Disneyland and mm -hmm. getting on one of the rides, and there was a German family mm -hmm. near us. I don't remember if they were in front or behind, but wherever they were, we knew, because the smell was something oh, fierce. Oh, yeah. And at the time, I was just like, oh, that's horrible. Well, as an American who has traveled, what I learn is you get to other countries and they're like, yeah, y'all spend way too much time with soap and shampoo and mm -hmm. all that stuff. You really don't need to smell like product. There's got to be a human smell that is acceptable. doesn't need to be rancid, yeah. but there's some place that <laughs> is not there, rancid. There's a sliding scale, you know, yeah. like if one person's, you know, oh, you smell great. And the other person is, ugh, mabajo. 
You know what that is. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm glad they're having the debate. And, and if you're a celebrity, especially in the age of social media, shoot, yes, get some controversy going. You used to pay a, a press agent mm-hmm. to make to sure that it. you stayed in the press, and now all you got to do is just tweet some silliness out, and the world loses its mind. Right, exactly. One last thing. So um, I downloaded an app, and I think people should download this. Vax, yes. Oh, yay. And oh. do you know about this? This is an app for those who don't know. You can, it, it's an official, you can officially prove that you have been vaccinated. Shoot. That's basically what it is. And you download Vax, yes, and it's available for the iTunes uh, uh, if you have an iPhone or if you're an Android user. Um, <laughs> I, I have, now, I, I'm not on your Wi-Fi, but um, right, exactly. It's oh, it's, right. I love this. See this? There you go. Somebody can nobody, even if they found my phone, they can't just pull that up and use it. Oh, sure. They've got to do the security thing. Right, exactly. Oh, you have it, so you did it. Also. Oh, hell yeah! And I, and I have the button on my phone, right. so I can just go to my homepage. Because and go, the problem is, and this is actually another part of the news, you can have your card. Yeah. But but there are fake cards coming around. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You've heard about There's this. a whole industry happening, yeah. And they like won't let you do p- just pictures of the card anymore. Right. Or right. scan. It's yeah. got to be. Yeah. yeah. And that's something that I figured out. I'm feeling like, listen, I can do this on my, I can do this on a printer. I right. can print out a card right. and sign it and, yeah. you know, do all sorts of stuff. Well, but, on that, on those, you mm-hmm. know, along those lines, did you know there's, there's a couple, couple from Florida mm-hmm. <laughs> who got busted in Hawaii? Oh, I heard about this. Uh, yes. And you know how they got busted? So it was them and two kids, and they said that they were all vaccinated. And the people looking at their documents are like, these kids are under 12. Mm-hmm. They didn't get vaccinated. They can't get vaccinated. Can't. There's right. no place they could. So that's how they got busted. Yeah. And then colleges are also running into it because they're requiring vaccination, mm-hmm. proof of vaccination. And so there's a whole industry that's popping up all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. Those people, I'm not a big one for jail, but those people need to go to jail. Yeah, you know, telling someone you're vaccinated and you're lying, that's just horrible. So for those folks, go ahead and download Vax Yes, and you'll have to go through a process where you have to punch in your name and, you know, your, I think, your date of birth. But also, when you were vaccinated, there's a a dedicated number that was given to you. Yep. And this website will verify it. Yep. And you can have it on your, like, I have a wallet thing, a digital wallet on my iPhone. And so if you're, like, I'll be traveling to D.C. for Thanksgiving— I can show the airport. Mine know, is, hey, I am mine is California Department of Public Health. Yeah. CDPH. Right, exactly. C-A-P- C-A-D-P-H. Yeah. yeah. So check out Vax, yes. So that's that. And also, uh, so we have the yay, and we have these uh, people are posting things mm. that are, um, you know, they've talked about. So this is a sad sob tale. And for any of us in theater, we, we recognize it. So I'll just read this. Hey, friends. I could really use some cheering up right now. I'm going through all my C-mail for Actress Access and saw a message that I had missed from an off-Broadway theater asking me to audition for a role by a well-known playwright. The message was dated two weeks ago, but the notification was sent to my updates folder in a yet less used Gmail account. To make a long story short, he had an audition notice and got it two weeks after it was done. Right. And just blew an opportunity. And this person says, has this ever happened to you? Do you have any words of encouragement? I'm kicking myself and worried I missed my moment. Uh, I think we've all gone through that. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I didn't even know. So on Facebook, mm-hmm. in Messenger, if somebody isn't your friend, it goes into some other weird little folder. Have you had that before, Lauren? Yes, and also on Instagram. And people that, like, I would have totally responded to and right. was so embarrassed. 
Christ. Right, right. <laughs> I went through like four months of the of messages, and I was mm-hmm. like, there's all kinds of things where people were like, we're hoping you might be available for this. We're looking for somebody. It's kind of last minute. And I'm like, ah. I was sitting around doing nothing. I know. On my, res- on my audition resume, um, yeah, my resume, I have email me at my re- uh, and at chess 613 at, at, at uh, not Pat, Gmail. Oh, but uh, no, not Gmail. Oh, oh, uh, at, iCloud.com. Yeah. Don't email from anything else. And I have it right there on my resume. So it's very, very clear because people are con- communicating with us in oh, all yeah. different ways. All the methods. Whether yeah. it's Facebook or Instagram. I didn't know I that sent Instagram. you a message. What? Where? Right, <laughs> right, right, exactly. And if it's really important, for goodness sake. And if you don't hear from me, Try the other methods. Try <laughs> well, but so the other thing I didn't mention, yeah. the reason we missed so much time is I did this two-week workshop at Eugene O'Neill. Um, my assistant, at one point, we were trying to get the show together because mm-hmm. on the last day we had the kids perform. We're trying to get the show together. We have to talk to the park service. She's sending text messages, and the park, the ranger that we were riding to wrote back, I'll call you. And she's mm-hmm. like, oh, I hate it when people call me. And I looked at her like she was crazy. And then I realized, oh, wait, you're another generation. <laughs> yeah. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> you don't like people calling. <laughs> Text message. <laughs> Lauren, do, are, do you consider yourself a millennial? What's, what years are millennial? I have no I've idea. I've never figured it I out. I think born in the 80s. So you grew oh. up, you, you grew up at a, you never grew up at a time where you, the, the internet was always there. Yes, I grew up in the. I, yep. I guess you're early, you're early millennial. <laughs> well, this is a good time for an origin story. Let's hear from Lauren Garcia. So, how are you involved in theater? Where were you born and raised? Um, I was born in Oakland, uh, raised mostly between Oakland and Vallejo, and spent my uh, my father lives and is from Morelia, Michoacan. So, kind of bouncing between the three. Um, areas, but uh, is yeah. that is that Mexico? Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Yeah. So you're Mex Mex Philippine Mexican. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right on. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, all right, siblings. Uh, one younger sibling, and then a bunch of steps step okay. siblings. But yeah. um, but my sister is six years younger than me, and she's probably the light of my life. Oh, right on. <laughs> Sounds like the two of you grew up together. Yeah. Right on. It's not all, often we have you know, natives of, of Oakland, so that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so um, did you get involved? Were you involved in, like, let's say, uh, plays when you were in elementary school or that sort no, of stuff? No, absolutely not. I was the sh- super, super shy. Um, didn't talk. Uh, didn't perform. Uh, outwardly. But um, since I was a kid, like holidays were the games that we played or entertained ourselves with my family were like talent shows or just like to do things for each other. Yeah. Yeah. To make them laugh. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was always there, just not outwardly. And then I went to college, uh, became a nurse Mm -hmm. um, and it was my senior year. And uh, I think I like my college life was very similar to my home life in that like I found a group of friends who didn't have money to go out who <laughs> like we our Friday Saturday nights were talent shows nice um and they're amazing people they all have like amazing talents and I was like I don't know what to do but I'm going to dress up for you make you laugh mm. and so I would do things like that every weekend and then uh, my last year in college um uh, the MoMA had like a Frida exhibit and they were looking for Frida Kahlo's mm-hmm. to MoMA Museum of Modern Art yeah cool. to like perform and I 
did it. I performed and cut my hair and did a monologue, and then I was like, this is amazing. And that was the yeah. first time you acted? Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. But there was something inside of you that was like, hey, I really want to do this. Or, yeah. You know, very, very cool. Yeah. Now, you and I know each other, not only with Bindlestiff, but also, I think you went to school. Was it ACT or was it San Francisco? You were doing a film thing. Oh. You were studying maybe film. Maybe Maybe. Do you remember when, because we, you and I were in a film. Yeah. It was like a student film. Oh, uh, yes. I wasn't in school, but I don't know how I got hooked up to that. <laughs> I think I may have gone to high school with one of the people who was doing it. Maybe. I think you were, you were maybe helping out someone who was in film school. I yeah. think that's what it was. Yeah. And I think it was ACT. Um, maybe I'm... I, I, my my memory is bad, but uh, um, I, I know uh, Academy of Dramatic Art maybe. Um, but in any case, yeah, I think it was that. It was yeah, yeah. it was that. Mm -hmm. um, but you were involved in Bindlestiff as well. So how did you get involved in Bindlestiff? Uh, how did I get involved in Bindlestiff? Oh, I know who exactly what it was. I have always I told you I love I in the beginning I loved Instagram for its visual. I would just drop things, mm -hmm. and I um, connected with. Do you know Tossi Alabas? Tassi, yeah. actor. Um, oh, Tassi, yes. yes. So Tassi and I <laughs> found each other on Instagram because I would just put pictures that seemed cinematic because I was really into like movies and the visuals of it and dropping my weird things. And Tassi found me and we connected. And Tassi was at a show at Bindlestiff and just was like, hey, come see the show. And I was like, I have nothing to do. I'll just meet this random internet person at the show. Wow. <laughs> and I went to a show. Uh-huh. And it was so great. Um, it was like, uh, something, uh, on Market Street, the gorillas of Market Street or some, something like that. And it was about yeah. these Filipino, uh, men who would play chess on Market Street. Oh, you know, I think that's an Alan, uh, no, uh Conrad, Conrad Paganaban. I think he yes. wrote that. Oh, wow. Yes. Who's the co-writer? Is yes. my co-writer of the Act of Care, which is the Chikahan. Oh, nice. Well, yes. I, I figured Conrad well, would be involved. Yeah. Circle. Small world. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was Tossie. I went to watch his show. And after I was talking to him and whoever, I don't know who directed it, maybe Jeffrey Lowe? I don't know, Jeffrey Lowe maybe? Mm -hmm. um, and they were like, hey, we have auditions tomorrow. Why don't you come through? And I was like, <laughs> I haven't, I only did one thing in college, but all right, let me see. Because I was knee deep in being a nurse. Um, and I did it and I got cast. Right on. And mm, it was fun. And yeah. I haven't stopped since. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's fantastic. Yeah, I, th I believe that was, if this is the same thing, I think it was Stories High 13. Mm -hmm. We have actually a picture yes. of you. I think you were also helping out makeup yes. for uh, some other folks. And so, uh, yeah, I don't even know how I just had that picture. But, yeah, that was fun. And because uh, I, I always get the feeling that every Filipino or every Filipina who's involved in theater in the Bay Area has had some connection with Bendelstiff. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, most. Is, yeah. So many, yes. Yes, has found a home and mentorship and just so much love there and community. Yeah, that's fantastic. Talk to us about Chickahan. How did you get involved with uh, Chickahan? Yeah, I mean, um, Crystal, I think it was Crystal. Crystal Piamonte. Piamonte Jong, yeah. Mm -hmm, reached out to me and was like, hey, we're looking for playwrights. Do you want to come pitch us some stuff? And I was like, okay, but like my ideas are wild. <laughs> <laughs> and I did. I pitched them like 10 wild ideas. Um, and they were like, these are wild. And we want you to co-write with Conrad. And I was like, perfect, because Conrad is 
structured and one of my weaknesses is structure Ooh. yeah no Conrad is fantastic he's done so so much oh stuff God. and uh, he's I, I, I look him as a mentor Me for too. a lot of young writers so that's fantastic I didn't realize that you wrote <laughs> when did you first start writing um I think I wrote I've been writing since I was a kid which I think mm. was probably what I d I was very introverted I told you I was shy and stuff mm -hmm. and so I just always wrote um never shared anything but mm -hmm. Um, yeah, and then I just, uh, I met, a f I had a friend who would just push me to start sharing, and so I would share poetry or small scripts that I would create, or on it, when I, I keep going to Instagram, but even those, um, my Instagram, like, back, 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 um, which are probably all deleted, but they were, like, photos, and it, within the photo, I would write a story, mm -hmm. or I would, hmm. um, write like a dialogue. you would give yourself an assignment. Yes, because I was exploring something that was interesting to me, and I would use it to process because mm -hmm. um, I'm neurodivergent, and so I get really overwhelmed. And so it was my way to, like, process things yeah, um, or to put it down somewhere, which happens a lot. And, uh, yeah. No, no, that is awesome. You know, I had a quick question because you brought up, you know, the whole, I guess, um, neuro um, how neurodivergent yeah not neurodivergent i've been thinking a lot about mental health especially with covid 19 you know i read an uh, a an article about how children are being affected mm. uh psychologically <clears throat> and i wonder if your writings have have a lot to do with mental health or just you know what the the i don't, I don't know people deal with what's happening in life or whatever yeah i mean i definitely did as a kid to process everything um just I knew at a very young age that at the time it, it's like that thing uh, where and maybe y'all have experienced it where it's like you see your parents and you also understand them more than they may understand themselves mm -hmm. um, and so I would process a lot of things because I was also I was very aware that like my mom didn't understand that I was like uh, when we talk about like the bandwidth people can understand like how many different kinds of things you are. Mm -hmm. Oh, sure. Because um, both my parents are immigrants. Mm -hmm. And also being <clears throat> in that with also, like my mom is not going to understand what being mixed race is mm -hmm. as an American. My dad, and there's having the confusion of languages. Oh, yeah. Because um, there was th three or four languages. <laughs> and I would have to, pro like I would write to process even sep like be to begin to separate the languages because once I hit the like school world I realized that people don't understand what I'm saying because I would mix the languages mm -hmm. and I would have to write to like yeah. separate them um, uh, you know it's it's fascinating because I haven't really thought about and you're absolutely right because parents they see like I just talked with my dad my dad had recently come out of the hospital um, he went in just to uh, deal with a, a blood clot, and but he had to stay mm. in for a lot longer. And so, mm -hmm. but every time I talk with my parents, um, it's funny how parents see you from their vision or their from their eyes, mm -hmm. and they may think, "Well, I know who this person is. I raised this person," but really they don't, or they right. they only see their aspect. And the same thing with same us. Same things with us. Yeah. You know, I only see dad from my perspective, and right. All of a sudden, he shows me a different side of him, and I'm like, "Oh, wait a minute! You know, I thought I knew this individual." But also, being of a mixed race, you're absolutely right. They don't know what it is to be both Mexican and also Filipino, mm -hmm. and also American, mm -hmm. and having to trans. Uh, and I can bring you and Norman, especially with Dexter. You know, you know what it is to be black. Oh Lord, Mara knows what it is to be Jewish. <laughs> Poor Dexter. Well, I mean, I guess Dexter's handling it well. Well, Dexter's doing 
Dexter's <clears throat> in that young adult phase where, on the one hand, you feel this sense of in- independence and autonomy, yeah. on the one hand. On the other hand, you still really don't understand the world. So every piece of information you feel like you get, you grab onto it. This is the truth. This oh, is reality. <laughs> and you beat everybody up with it. You don't understand. You don't know. And it's like, no, no, no. You just got introduced to this. That's what's happening here. It's not that I don't know. It's that you were unaware of what I know. Mm-hmm. Right. And now you're aware of this whole subject and you want to claim it. And I'm like, okay, dude, you, you go right ahead. Uh, right now he's going pains. through a whole male thing, which is, oh. I mean, Mara at one point said, oh, God, I'm afraid I'm, I'm raising an Archie Bunker. And I'm like, that's possible. Or you could just see it as he's a young man who's trying to find his identity. Yeah. Yeah, what is masculinity? Oh, in very much. Age? Women couldn't do construction. I mean, the reason <clears throat> there aren't any women in construction oh, no. is because women can't do it. And I was like, oh, no. What? He, <laughs> you, he, you live in this house. Who, who does the building in this house? Not me. <laughs> yeah. What a shame. Hopefully he'll, he'll grow out of that. I think he will. And hopefully he'll meet some women who'll kind of. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> school him. <laughs> right, right, exactly. But, you know, going back to you, yes, you're absolutely right. And I imagine, I mean, uh, what are the conversations that you have with, let's say, your mom and your dad, where you can say, hey, listen, this is who I really, or do they say, or they, have, you, have you shocked mm-hmm. them? And they're like, wait a minute, I didn't realize there was a side of you. Yeah, no, I think, um, I think with the art and me putting it out there, they're like, whoa, that's my daughter. Whoa, you're talking about things that, because uh, both my parents, I, my dad is like my friend, less of my dad and more of my friend. Mm. So my dad I have a lot of conversations with. My mom is my mom through and through and I don't know if it's cultural or whatever but uh, the conversations don't happen what a shame but yeah it's it's like full of love and also the way that she can understand is now she gets to understand a little bit through yeah. the art and also she gets to see how I see her and challenge that because it's been such a wonderful thing to like uh, grow up and understand my parents as adults as like fuller adults and mm-hmm. I still feel like that I'm still like getting to like know them as like full adults right exactly that that's always an interesting transition these this is the, maybe mom and dad <laughs> but they're adults like you know dad's talking about well I went on a date I you know when I'm on this <laughs> dating so I'm on this dating app thing I'm like okay I gotta hear this. I know when I hear <laughs> when I hear an oh older person start to talk about their dating experiences I'm like Oh really? my god. And I'm oh my god, I told you my dad is my is like a friend to me, yeah. but I'm also a nurse. Right. So like he's asking me things about the things and the dating and oh I'm like, no. Oh could we, could we right. not yeah, I would think he would know not to yeah. I mean yeah. <coughs> uh, and it's very technical and he only means it as a question like, Hey, is this uh which birth control should uh, right. I'm like, uh, you know, maybe I could talk to them. Not you. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> but it's, it's good that he feels open enough to talk to you. So do, do your writings incorporate family? I think uh, right now everything that I write it starts with something. And maybe this is, I don't know about all writers, but I know for me it always starts with some something I know. Yeah. And it does include family, although it's it starts there, but it turns into its own thing. Sure, sure. Um, yeah, like uh, I wrote this comic boom and it's a short comic I co-wrote it and one of my favorite things about that character was that it started with my mom and so she wait takes boom the comic the comic book, book yeah Yay! yeah 
I wrote I'm out the, of the loop. Oh my god. The first Panay Slayer. I co-wrote the first Panay Slayer okay. into Boom Comics um, for their like uh, Buffy. They did like a uh-huh. bu- Buffy one-off. Um, mm. And oh my gosh, that character, the beginning scenes, is my mother because she was um, she was just like. Uh, super she always wore her chinelas and she would like she could like throw her you know those do you see videos of like filipinos or mexicans they could throw a chinelas and hit somebody that was her ah. and so yeah she's going I, I, ma- I made sure the hero was wearing slippers in the philippines for all of her adventures because <laughs> that is my mother <laughs> well, <So. nice. laughs> yeah. no that is very cool and it sounds like it's gotten a um a good um you have an audience i mean it sounds like you know you submitted the stuff to chickahan and they were like yes you know come on in how's it been with chickahan i mean it has uh, uh, it's you guys haven't ha- you haven't produced anything as of yet no i think this is their first season so this is the first season, and then they commissioned Conrad and I to write the play for their first season, and mm-hmm. it's very exciting. Conrad and I have been, oh, Conrad is so, so wonderful, and Eli has been helping us shape it, so I've been cool. working mostly with Conrad directly, fantastic, um, and then Eli, who's amazing, has also been helping us shape that world, mm-hmm. um, and we've been doing it for months now, and so I'm really excited about it, and I'm also you know that Im- it's like you know how every you know everybody has imposter or some version of imposter syndrome. Right. It's that thing where it's like, okay, well, this world. I told you my pitches of this world is going to be crazy, and it just got a little crazier and crazier and crazier. Mm. <laughs> so I'm very excited that they're still on board for it. I'm very appreciative, and Conrad has been so game and wonderful. <laughs> yeah, it can be very in. Uh, um Expo, um, you, you sort of expose yourself as mm-hmm. a writer. You know, you're like, okay, I'm going to give you my play. I hope that people, you know, like it. I mean, I, I remember feeling about that when I wrote Foreman in Paris. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's some scenes where, you know, there's a couple arguing and yelling and screaming at each other, and I'm like, oh my God, my parents are going to see this. Mm-hmm. I hope they don't think <laughs> horribly of me <laughs> or whatever. But, you know, they take it, but it's like, okay, I'm exposing myself in a way mm-hmm. that I've never done before. So that's, it's an interesting thing. And, you know, your, your play, your writing is like your children. And you give it to someone, and like a mother, like I know my mom, you know my biological mom, she would always be like, "Listen, don't embarrass me, okay? You know, just <laughs> just act right." And your place is like, "Okay, I hope my play is, you know, shows a good side right. of me. People will, you know, look at me the right way." So I, I totally understand the vulnerability mm-hmm. that comes with with writing. Mm. And Norman, you've worked with a lot of young playwrights. I mean, you sort of help build their, you know, like whatever criticism you have. Your, your objective is to build them up, to help them be stronger. As a teaching artist, I made a commitment to myself right off the bat that I was not just going to blow people up, that I was not just going to flatter you. Mm-hmm. I recognize that it's really helpful if you want people to listen to you to start from the positive. But I'll say there's some problems or I'm more likely to say there's some confusion, some place where I get lost or some place where I feel like I don't see the connection so that I'm making I statements. Right. And that allows the writer to hopefully hear what I'm saying and decide, you know, oh, wow. Because worst case scenario, what I'm telling you is your audience may be idiots like me. So can you help them out? On the other side, it might be that you need to fix your friggin' play. And I'm not going to say that. I'm just going to say... Right now, it's not quite connecting up for me. Right, exactly. How have you dealt with uh, constructive criticism? Like, you know, like just, I'm sure you've done readings, and let's say um, it's not flowing. I mean, I remember having my first reading, and I'm like, wow, I, th- I heard it in my head one way. It's not coming out 
the way that I want it. Mm -hmm. Or hearing someone say, you know, I don't understand this character or whatever, and it could, you could feel real hurt. Yeah. Right. Um, but how, how do you take it? I mean, how do you absorb that stuff? Yeah, I mean, I think that offering that criticism is a kindness and a gift. Because um, I think there's a difference between being nice and being kind. And I think being nice is not helpful to the gro like my own growth. But like the kindness, especially when it's offered with the, like a good intention, mm -hmm. not to break someone down, but to lift them up, I think is huge for me. Um, and it might also be that like I be like I was a nurse, so like I would always not only give it, like I I would give criticism like that oh, yeah. and receive it. Yeah. Um. So I'm in the practice of it. Um. And so when I get it. Uh, I, I think I expect it because I know that I write um, this, which is why I think Conrad and I work really well together, which is that I write um, intuitively, which means it's just all there and there's holes. Mm -hmm. And then I have to go back and fix the holes, which is that's why I'm learning how to do structure more. But um, so the, the criticism or somebody who can find the holes is gold to me mm -hmm. and to be like, hey, it's not working. Um, and if, yeah, so I mean, I don't know. And I also <coughs> do this thing where I think that like, whatever it is, is never, even when my final draft is not going to be my final draft. Like, right. I, I, like I am so, it's the way I cut my hair too. Like my friends know me, they're like, oh, she's always like cutting her hair. She's not afraid. It's the same thing that how I feel with like art. I'm like, uh, I'm just going to throw that away and do it. And, and, um, oh, so here's uh, hashtag. Bar I did this hashtag bars, um, workshop. Um, it I think it's David Diggs and Raphael because oh, put it on. Mm -hmm. Nice. But they um, we did a week here in SF, um, and you, we were supposed to be creating, mm -hmm. and I created until five. Like I threw away my draft until f like ten minutes before we went on, mm -hmm. and I looked direct. I think I even tried to back out of it. I was like, I'll just support other people, and I think the night before, Raf Raphael was like, No, uh, just keep going, keep throwing it away. And keep going because whatever mm -hmm. you're digesting and learning from what didn't work is right. going to happen. Yep. And um, uh, Chris Chris Walker, a moder like was our like leader and moderator, and so like 15 minutes before, he I think Kev Choice, who's an amazing musician, was basically like uh, Chris Walker was like throw some play something for her. Uh huh. And I heard oh. the music. Uh huh. They just like improved it. And then I was like, I know what I'm going to write. And I wrote it, memorized it like 10, 15 minutes before we went on. And that was the wow. performance draft. Uh -huh. So when it, when, it comes, when it comes to like editing and the criticism, I the pain I'm not afraid of. It's good, what I'm afraid good. of is like that I won't be able to make the next draft by the deadline. <laughs> ah! Yeah, well, deadlines are tough. <laughs> so that's really what it is. But necessary. <laughs> you're, not, you're not the only one. I mean, there are, you know, when I hear Jim Kleinman of a playground saying, okay, you've got until <laughs> Tuesday to, you know, come up with your draft. I'm mm -hmm. like, gee, I'm in school again. But no, it's, 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 it's necessary. But yeah. you brought up a very good thing. I mean, you can't, sometimes you could be so caught up with structure that you don't even start. Mm -hmm. you know, right. And sometimes it's just good, just throw something on the paper and then fix it, you know, later on. 
And it's good that you have a Chikahan or you know, have a group of individuals oh, who are there supporting. to help you structure things. Mm -hmm. One question I was going to ask you, what will what will differentiate Chikahan from, let's say, Bindlestiff? Because when I heard about Chikahan Company, I was like, wow, there's a Philippine company, but there's already a Philippine company. Not that there needs to be only one. Mm -hmm. But what what do you think will make it different? What 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 do you think will be the difference between Chikahan and, and Bindlestiff? Um, that's a good question, and I think only time will tell. Like I think they're young, like it's a new company, and they're gonna learn to find their way. Mm -hmm. I actually don't know. You know, that's good. I mean, it's it's uh, maybe and maybe it's something that'll happen in the future. I mean, I've always thought of Bindlestiff as a place, a repository where young. Philippine writers right. and actors or whatever and not even Philippine but I mean you know because I you know I've been in part of it uh, Ben Couch has been a part of it a lot yeah. of folks uh, Dever and Wright who are not Filipino have right. been a part of it as actors but a place where the Philippine community of artists can come together and form their craft yeah it's more of an incubator yeah and I think of Chickahan. I mean Chickahan, when I look at the names like Eli Sonny Okiza and Conrad Paganaban and um, Crystal Piemonte Jong who mm -hmm. is now um, Equity and yourself it's almost like the super team it's almost like you know this the super <laughs> mm -hmm. super philippine group that is is going to create create some really serious work you know how i feel about it it feels like ben stiff is like ground floor and from that you find oh and alan i'm sorry i've got to mention alan, alan. Yeah. um and marissa marissa um, mm -hmm. oh yeah um it feels like Bindlestiff is ground floor, and from that, you find collaborators you want to go do things with, right. like Granny Cart Gangsters, um, Geek Show, mm -hmm. um, uh, TV Joe Joe uh, <coughs> thing. She, I think oh, has nice. a show going on. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yes. Um, yeah, and so I think from there, other things form, and they, like, form outwardly, and I think that mm -hmm. is amazing because there's a lot of – theaters that are white and they just do their own thing and so i think that's right mm -hmm. <laughs> having just more it's just more stepping stones to grow because i think yeah all of us or at least most of us come came from bindlestiff and have mm -hmm. like yeah roots there still right mm -hmm. you had the analogy norman a long time ago of um a garden or a compost a compost mm -hmm. I, I yeah i think of that in general as a theater scene the differentiation i would say is what I meant was everything sort of grows on its own and then in that limited space, it gets to a certain point where it sort of chokes out the life of it. Oh, yeah. But I think um, in the case of Bendelstiff and any organization or artists that are growing out of that, mm -hmm. I don't feel like they choke out what's well, there. Not, right. I feel like they grow and they become their own thing. Right, and that was the analogy that I was pointing out. It sounds like Bendelstiff is the point where people can grow out and really discover who they are as an artist. Mm -hmm. you, you, you're, uh, you're allowed to mess up. Yeah. You're allowed to screw up and just throw things on there. And then after you've sort of found yourself, and I think it's something that Alan Casmorio talked about, not only in the podcast, but even in private conversations. He's mm -hmm. always wanted, um, he, I think you always wanted Bendel stuff to be more than what it is. Right. To be something... And now with Chickahan, I think he's getting what he wants, where, mm -hmm. he, you know, you can... Pr create something you know um i mean bindlestiff does create serious uh, stuff they are but it's very much a training ground yes and i think he wants that next level right exactly and i feel that this is it feels chickahan is going towards that direction mm. it's exciting do you guys have a home 
a physical home? Uh, I don't think so. Okay. Home for me is still a spindle stiff. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But home I'm sure, you know, once but you, because, it, you know, you're working on a project, I'm sure the next step will be actually finding a venue. Yes. I, I you know, I don't know if they um, they have found a home. I um, I know it's through Playground, um, and, oh. yeah, I don't know. Oh, right. Yeah. I think it's part of that. Um, right. Yeah, I don't know what the program's called. But. Okay, okay. But, I mean, we'll stay tuned. I know it's one. I want to be respectful of people's time. I'm having fun. Yeah. <laughs> Can we, okay, let, just raise your hand if we, we need to wrap it up because I, okay. I still have a bunch of questions. Um, as far as, I've always asked writers this, but how do you, and it's easier for you because you've listened to different voices, but mm -hmm. how do you create different voices? Because I think one of the challenges of a writer is, I'm a man, I think I can write a woman's character, but obviously I'm going to have some issues. I mean, how do you how do you find a way to find different voices for your characters so that your characters don't sound all the same? Oh, that's interesting. Um, so for this piece, um, each character was uh, modeled after somebody I know, I guess. It starts there. Mm. Um, and that I know closely. So like the main character, um, the hero... Uh, again is based on my mom originally it's grown from that and totally different but the way that this person speaks the way the person navigates the English language um, is based on like a lot of conversations I've heard my mom have and also like hearing how her language has her like candor has changed since I was a kid so like mm -hmm. now um, she still has an accent, but it's finessed. I don't know how else to say it. Mm -hmm. It's, it's sure. more American. Yeah. She's, she uses less Tagalog phrases. Um, she, it's also, uh, that, uh, that character also grew up between the city and the provinces. So, like, the way that this character navigates the world and speaks in relationship to somebody who is American in the play or somebody who is, uh, been in Amer is from the Philippines, but has spent more time in America is also different. So like mm -hmm. the way that they, c they dialogue with each other mm. um, also changes. It's almost like code switching, yeah, but sure. like, and so the, it changes the way they speak. So like that lens, um, yeah. mm -hmm. that root. And then, so for the other character, she spent more time. And so she's um, a lot of my friends Oh, and also my mom and my aunts who have spent more time, my mom now, mm -hmm. uh, who has spent more time. And so she, that character speaks less English and also doesn't speak English to the Filipino character who is American. Mm -hmm. Only speaks English to that person. Yeah. And so the way that she talks and writes is very specific, or the way that she talks and engages is very specific to that lens as well. It sounds like um, it's a play of languages, uh, of just communicating. Yeah. 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 Um, which is interesting that earlier I brought up that I would write to, like, differentiate languages. Because yeah. I, I didn't really think about that, that that was what, what I was doing. Mm -hmm. But, um, but yeah. And so, and then there's the American character who is male, but is also American f through and through. And so maybe had family members that would speak in Tagalog or... Um, but they're, the way they speak is very rooted in... Yeah, but it sounds like you haven't had an issue with finding a different language. Because, you know, there are some young playwrights who, you know, the, I guess the characters are not necessarily one-dimensional, oh. but it sounds like they're all speaking the same thing. It's one of the problems that I've had with, like, Star Trek The Next Generation. Mm. I know a lot of folks like that, like 
the the um, that Star Trek the next generation but I get the feeling that all the characters sound exactly the same as uh, opposed to right. the original series you know mm-hmm. Scotty was a drinker and right. Spock was the intellectual mm-hmm. and Kirk mm-hmm. was by the way William Shatner's 90 years old and the old. Russian I saw you didn't mention <laughs> that one yeah yeah exactly but I love the original series and of course I'm a generation X and I'm an old stogie mm-hmm. so I love that <laughs> but I've always felt that you know like the next generation or even law and order or you know like mm-hmm. everyone is working in one office or one area and everyone speaks the same language and understands mm-hmm. the same thing mm-hmm. and it gets real boring it's like mm-hmm. can we have someone who speaks differently or let's say there's differences in class or mm-hmm. whatever, like, or oh, what you're saying, there's an American and he expects people to speak American, you know, like, you know, the right. classic America is like, do you understand what I'm saying? It's like, you don't have to be louder. I just don't understand what you're right. saying. You know, what's so interesting and so helpful about performance art is like, depending on who you cast for the table reads also, that can like be Inspire. such a gem. Yeah. Because they can bring something that you never thought of and you're like, that's perfect. I need, that's the voice I need to... Well, I thought about it when you mentioned gaps because it's easy for somebody else to look at your piece and say, there's a hole here, this is not connected, I don't know what's going on. The fact is, once you start to hear it out loud and start playing with it, you may recognize where it doesn't need to be rigidly linear. It just needs to at least have an emotional resonance that takes us from scene one to scene two. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. Um, have you been frustrated? I'll wrap it up. But uh, have you been frustrated as an actor or, or as a uh, pr- uh, as a creative? Or are you getting the most out of Bay Area theater? Something that we've asked for everyone. There are a lot of folks who started in the Bay Area and they've moved on. They've either gone to L.A. or New York or, you know, whatever. Um, and there are some who are like, I'm not getting paid enough. Or I'm not, you know, my voice isn't being heard. Uh, how are you? How do you feel as an artist? Are you are you satisfied with what you're getting from the Bay Area theater community? That's a really good question, and I feel like we could have that conversation for another hour because there's so many different places, like mm. parts of that. Uh huh. Like oh, parts. let's talk about it. <laughs> but um, do I feel satisfied as an artist right now? I am, and I, you know, it's uh, my groups. I, uh, you know, I I bounce between groups at Chica Co. Binlistiv. El Comolito Collective, which is out in Vallejo. Mm, um, mm-hmm. I was part of Las Iconas, which is a Cerrito Ocon, uh, did it in Oakland. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I've done, uh, I've created Creatures, which is like kind of in the Bay Area. So all these different things. And so I feel supported by these places. These places also don't have access to the funding mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. other places have. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I guess what I'm one of my goals and frustrations is is like how do I become self-sustainable and um, choose the pieces I want to do instead? Because what I was running into was I would always say yes because to everything because I just want I, I wasn't trained uh, in school and I wanted the knowledge I wanted the connections I wanted to practice um, and something I had a, a teacher told me um, in, a, in a workshop, I think it was Lauren English actually, I think it was at, mm. at the Actors Fair, or maybe it was when she was my director for a custom made theater thing, and she, um, she said something that really impacted me, um, which was like, now I've lost it, mm. I, but um, it, was, it, was, it was basically a self-reflection to me, and it was really helpful, which was that I kept talking about theater like oh I'm not trained or oh I'm mm-hmm. I was a nurse or oh um I don't know how to access this written word because I don't even know what the words 
I don't even know how to approach it because mm-hmm. it's just not part of my bandwidth. Yeah, right? mm-hmm. it's, it's a different theater. And, and sh- what she was trying to say was that it's just practice. Like you, mm-hmm. you just didn't have practice. Like mm-hmm. You're not given the roles that get you on a, as a lead mm-hmm. to practice it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it made me feel seen in that way. Um, yeah. And I carry that with me because now when I approach things, and this is one of the frustrations I have, is how can I have practice that doesn't f- like wear on me? Right. Because sometimes entering certain spaces has worn on me. Oh, yeah. Um, worn on you meaning being judged by other people or? Just like when you were talking about being like the token. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, I've had, it's it hasn't happened in a while, but it, I've had those experiences or there's no, uh, yeah. And so like my input to the piece, there's no one that has the bandwidth to receive that input. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is it, something it, Eli was no. sort of talking about. You know, there are minorities who are like, hey, listen, I feel great that you've casted me, but am I really being heard? Or am I just being put into a pocket? Right, right. Yeah. Like, you know, I did Grey Gardens uh, a while back for Douglas Morrison Theater, and I was thrilled. I was like, hey, I'm in a musical. I was the butler, mm-hmm. and that was the pocket that I was in. Right. Luckily, I managed to do other things, you know, with, with the group or whatever, but... It's it's an uncomfortable thing. It's an uncomfortable thing to be put into the pocket, whether you're a woman mm-hmm. or a minority member, and you feel great being a part of the theater community. But it's like, you know, am I just, you know, am I just, um, you know, doing something for your benefit, mm-hmm. and I don't get anything out of it? Yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, and then it also and and it's like you almost have to put yourself in those positions to get the experience, the practice, the funding, like the funds. Um, and so what I'm curious about and what I and I don't know if this is the right thing, but I'm curious about like that kind of stuff, like sweat, you know, like you have your, your the jerseys. Uh-huh. Shout out to the jerseys. Oh, yeah. yeah we yeah, have, we haven't yeah. even talked about that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we'll talk about that later. Yeah. Okay, talk about put a pin in it for later. But um, like I'm interested in doing that. I'm interested in um, I just got the SFAC um, Emerging Artist Grant. So mm-hmm. I can write a story that I understand and perform it, which is a gift. Right. And I can choose who my collaborators are that can lift me up into the next level, who mm-hmm. are going to challenge me and lift me up. And that that's important to me. Yeah. Um, no. So having access to those kind of things too, funding. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's, it's, you know, I mean, the business part of theater is something that, I, that has always eluded me. <sighs> but when you're part of a group like you with Chickahan, you have someone like Alan Kazmori who's like, listen, I can't figure this out. You know, maybe you can handle it or yeah. maybe you can mentor mm-hmm. me to handle it. Mm-hmm. Um, as a woman, have you been disrespected either, you know, in the um, on stage or, or in the rehearsal process? I mean, we've had some women talk about some bad experience. Some have said, no, I, I've been treated very, very well. But how, how have that experience been for you? Yeah, I think, I don't think any, I've experienced anything. That's not 100% true. Um, I don't, <laughs> <laughs> um, mostly um, in all my work, everyone has good intentions and has come from a place of like tr- trying has have I had experience within that where it f- it has failed yes and I've been uncomfortable mm-hmm. has there been a place where I can always feel safe to like talk about it no mm-hmm. so right. and 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 it's interesting because uh sometimes you like 
are so used to sweeping it under the rug that that becomes habit, mm-hmm. especially if there's nothing in place to talk about it. The second part of that is sometimes you do talk about it and now you've burned a bridge because there's nothing in place to oh. receive it. <coughs> mm-hmm. um, and so it's always that balance. Yeah, it's always that balance. But yes, I've been uncomfortable. I don't think that anything I've, except for maybe one incident, has been like from bad intentions. Mm-hmm. I think it's like people were trying their best. Yeah, As and, and, and we've, we've had other women on, on the A talk about their experiences, uh, you know, some good, some bad, and we've had Radhika Rao on, and um, a bunch of folks. We've had Maya Herbsman, who is a, uh, a um, uh, intimacy, intimacy coach, coach. Mm. Yep. who said, hey, you know, I am the solution for, you know, these, it, because, you know, directors don't have, they're focused on, you know, the job and blocking. And, and all currently, the, most, almost all of them don't have the training right, at exactly. all around that. And they're not even, they don't even have the mindset to think right. about that. It's like, listen, it's a kissing scene. Let's just go for it. Right. I've got other things to do. Let's just do it. Right. And, you know, you feel like meat. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I understand, you know, your reluctance to talk specifics or whatever, but it's, it's, you're not alone. I mean, there are a lot of folks, and I think that's one of the reasons why we're having these conversations so that the theater community can change, mm-hmm. so that things can oh, be yeah. better. So. No, we um, just, in fact, I got to introduce to Playground, Meyer Herbsman. I was like, right on. this, and I, you know, I went and I looked, I got the Chronicle article. I'm like, ah, here's an interview. Bam. <laughs> there you go. You know, this you know, is we happening. We talked long and hard about this. Yeah, I think we yeah. spent an hour and a half with yeah. Meyer talking about what happens in the, in the, uh, the, the dressing room and, and all that sort of stuff. Well, in the rehearsal process rehearsal and process, just knowing yeah. that, um, that there's a new awareness there, so it's no longer that thing that's sort of off to the side. We now recognize that this is an important part of how we interact, all of us. So right. just being aware, being sensitive is, yeah. is a great place to Paying start. Paying attention, going back to the mm-hmm. Trevor, whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just yeah, like exactly. being aware. <laughs> yeah, that's right, being aware, yeah. checking in, checking in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One last question for you before we wrap things up. Where do you see yourself in the future? Where do, where do you want to be when you're... Um, you know, 40, 50, whatever mm-hmm. years old, as far as theater is concerned, what, where, where, are your, where are your goals? Or even just five future? years from now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, it, it's hard. someone asked me this question recently during uh, the Granny Cart retreat. Um, it was like, what do you want? Where are you going? And I don't know that theater is removed from, those goals aren't removed from like what I want in life. And it's really to feel safe and to like, I think I'm most creative when I feel like my needs are met. Mm-hmm. And I think my goal is to have my needs met and mm. then from there to be mm-hmm. able to do the projects um to be very very choosy about the projects that i do um i would love oh, i would love um to be a lead in something um dramatic mm. because mm-hmm. i i often get cast as the funny one mm. Mm. so you haven't done any dramas or you have you have i have um, I did it for custom made. I've I've done it, but I'd love to be a lead in a drama. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not too late. You yeah, it's not too late. And mm. um, I, because I did, uh, I got a grant to do like a during COVID, we turned it into a film. It was supposed to be like a one woman show, but we turned it into a film. And I'm curious about what that looks like. And that it seems like a, a lot of women who are cast in something and they make some money, they are now the executive producer of a show that they star in. Yeah. Right. And that's interesting to me because yeah. then you could write, um, you could direct, and so it's that flexibility of being able to explore. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I think, mostly interested in 
um, acting, writing, and then I have a curiosity in learning like DP stuff, like director of photography uh, stuff. Uh huh. Um, oh yeah, film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you see yourself doing any uh, digital stuff, like let's say, uh, like create a YouTube video or a channel or uh, things like I that? I am. I'm overwhelmed by it, so I haven't done it. Hmm. But <laughs> <laughs> right. But I am. Yeah. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. Well, you got to let us know, you know, what you what you're doing in the future. Let's say, you know, after all of this, you send us an email or you know a, a message saying, hey, this is what I'm involved in. And we'll be checking the Chickahan to see, you know, what things are happening in the future. When, yeah, yeah. when yeah. the shows get up, yeah. Right on. Birthdays, shout outs. It's been a while. I'm not going to try and catch up on that list. It's It's been too long. So I apologize to everybody whose birthday has happened in the last month and we didn't get to you. Um, but that said, where's my list? There it is. Uh, today is um, Anna Maria Luera's birthday. And she oh no never mind oh okay something different (laughs) um and she um she and i got to do a show with word for word it was my first show with word for word we did uh sandra cisneros stories Mm -hmm. from um house on mango street and Mm. so she will always be my sister which was a lot of fun um annie stewart is the casting director and i don't know exactly what her other title is in playground but basically she's jim's right hand person oh annie stewart yeah Yeah. i've seen her name i think she's the sort of the tech person right no, no, not at all. No, she's casting and um, just sort of generally on top of what's going on in terms of the talent. Okay. So it's because of the writer pool, mm-hmm. there's not just actors and directors. It's also yeah. trying to make all of that community come together. Mm-hmm. Uh, Steve Crum, I got to do a show with for the African-American Shakespeare Company. I think the last show I got to do with him, Two Noble Kinsmen, his birthday is coming up this week. Um, this guy who I know is PJ, but he now goes by, at least on Facebook, OG Trent Bracey, uh, was a young man who got to be at the East Bay Center for the Performing Arts in Richmond while I was teaching there. He was with us for a couple of years. And he kept bugging me about getting work outside. And I was like, okay, dude, you know, it, when I've got work available, I try to let people know. So we'll see, maybe someday. Um, Cass Brayton is actually somebody I do not know at all. I just know they're a theater person and they've connected with me on Facebook. So over the years, we've corresponded from time to time, but we've never actually, I don't think we've ever been face to face. Danielle Teese is a woman who I got to do this weird new play called Emma and Emmett and Ava. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Emmett and Ava. Yeah. Uh, and she played the mother of, uh, we played the parents of a young couple who had died in a car accident. And the white parents did not know that their daughter had been dating a the black, black man who was my son. So that was a neat little drama. It was a cool play. And we've known each other for many, many, many years. So, uh, Danielle. Uh, Kelly Ground, again, somebody else who I've never met, but Kelly Ground um, has been one of the. Um, I don't know, liaison or representatives for the um, Actors' Equity in the Bay Area. Um, We don't have a formal representative anymore, but there is a liaison committee, Mm -hmm. and she's been a part of that, and also just generally a part of trying to navigate that communication between union members and the union and the community. Not a 
Not an enviable role. <laughs> but Very true. She handled it with grace. Uh, Mika Castro is somebody I met. So the job, the gig that I just picked up that I may be having to quit <laughs> is through UCSF Medical. I do uh, role playing for medical students. Oh, that's right. Patient. Mika Castro yeah. is somebody I met through that. Mm-hmm. Um, Clive Worsley, amazing Bay Area actor, director, teacher. I think he is still running the educational program at Cal Shakes. Mm-hmm. Um, but... I loved at one point he got into a more administrative role and then the next thing I saw him in was a two-hander this play with just two actors playing all the roles and he was so amazing I was like oh wow yeah you never lose it you you're there you go you know you just have to keep your shops <clears throat> chops sharp and the last one I have speaking of sharp is Dave Meyer Dave Meyer is um, a fight choreographer and instructor and um, we worked together at Berkeley Rep. They used to have an outreach program, and so I got to work under Dave during that, but I've also worked with him in shows. And, and currently we see each other at the Berkeley Marina, where I do Tai Chi, and he leads little workshops because everybody needs to be outside right now, mm-hmm. right? So yeah. It's so funny because we're doing Tai Chi, this calm, quiet kind of uh, movement, meditative my, my, movement. My dad did Tai Chi. Yeah, and he's ahead. over just on the other side of the field from us, that's not doesn't sound like tai chi to me (laughs) it's it's not tai chi at all it's the it's stage combat it's the exact opposite and so it's been fun to it's been an interesting challenge for us to kind of keep our minds centered Mm -hmm. and focused while we've got that going on in the background yeah well i think that's the whole point of tai chi is, is sort of you know connecting with yourself while distractions are going but, on. Yeah, staying, staying conscious of what's around you, but staying grounded. Yes. So those are my birthdays for the week. Happy birthday, y'all. Sunshine Roquet, Granny Cart Gangster. Sunshine. Sunshine's I birthday. Want, I want oh, to get her on. I want to get her Yay. on. Sunshine Rokes, if it's happy birthday, Sunshine. And if please come on the A, because we, you know, I'm dying to talk to you. Also, uh, okay, so two days ago, Linda Amayo Hassan, mm. her birthday, uh, she is a wonderful writer. I think she t- still teaches at Chabot College. Mm. As a uh, teaching, uh, uh, acting teacher, mm-hmm. she wrote Cheer, Story of a Dreamer, a wonderful woman, and uh, she has been a part of the A as well. Also, um, t- on the 22nd, tomorrow, Joel Knopf, he is a budding um, musical writer, uh, ha- is a really, really, is sort of like a budding Stephen Sondheim type uh, person. Mm-hmm. And he was episode 66 of the A. He and I had a uh, one-on-one interview, and he's a fantastic individual, full of bubbly energy, and uh, so we want to say happy birthday to him. Mm. Patrick Silvestri, he is oh, another bindle stiffer. He is a, uh, you know, I've never seen him on stage. I, I don't know if he's just a writer. Hmm. He's uh, an actor. He's a great actor. Is he? Oh, okay. Well, I've got to, I've got to see him in action. <laughs> but in any case, uh, his birthday is uh, the 24th. He'll be 38 years old. And one other person, uh, no, two other people, Tina Marzell. Uh, she's a wonderful veteran actress. I've acted with her with the... Um, Oh, I know what it was. It was Candide. She Douglas was uh, Morrison. Not at the Douglas Morrison. She mm-hmm. sang. Uh, there's one. Of, there's a famous song in uh, that. I think Rita Moreno did in Candide. Oh, I am not. So, I am so assimilated. I think that's the that's the, like the number one song. It's the one oh. song where okay. when people audition for Candide, they're like, oh, okay, I want to do that song. Right. So in case Tina Marzell did that, and she was wonderful, fantastic, and her birthday is the 26th. And the last person I have is Aaron Henney, who is a fantastic, he's actually stationed in L.A. He's a fantastic writer, and he was part of uh, Central Works. Uh, he wrote Mesmeric oh. Revelation. I'm looking at the poster right uh-huh. there. And uh, oh, bril- a brilliant piece about um, Anton Mesmer, 
uh-huh. who was an individual back in the colonial period in France right. who uh, had this crazy idea that you can um, basically just – there were all these crackpots. This is the age of uh, – of, of, uh, All kinds of uh, new science. Yeah, new sciences, yeah. <laughs> so he felt that he can uh, – I don't know um, – what do they call it? Telepathic. You, you could telepathically, oh. you know, uh-huh. talk to people or whatever. Right. And uh, it was an interesting play, and they talked about you know reality or the the bridge between the, um, I guess reality or you know the, God, my my, my articulation is hard well. today. But uh, the um, realism, the Puritan, uh, the scientific, I guess the scientific. Um, Inquiry, yes. discovery, yeah, Andrew discovery, process, yeah. method, scientific yeah, method. Yeah, the scientific method. I guess during the late 1700s, yes, we moved away from the spiritual, right, into a more scientific realm. Yeah, uh, where people were discovering things like Thomas Jefferson and Abraham Lincoln, and mm-hmm. you know, dis- the age of discovery. Right. So the bridge between that—that's basically what mesmeric is all about. And Aaron Henney wrote about that, and uh, so he's a fantastic writer. And his birthday is the 27th. Those are the birthdays shows. Ah, <laughs> and as usual these days, I just don't have a lot. Um, I don't know if you heard, but I saw, heard it in the news the other day. Um, the Aurora has canceled their first show or postponed it, whatever oh. they want to call it. Berkeley Rep saying, yeah. and there was a third company, and I is thought it Magic it, Magic Theater Magic. Oh, I think it is the Magic. Um, SF Playhouse has been trying to do live theater with marginal success. Yeah. Um, it's been tough. It's been very, very tough. I mean, um, you know, especially so, with um, the Delta variant. Right. Well, yeah. and so what happens to these theater companies, though, is do you cancel the show or do you postpone the show? Now, if you cancel the show, then you have to deal with the immediacy of that. But if you postpone the show, then you put your whole season now in jeopardy. That's right, because if you, you know, you're knocking back other people who have booked your space. I talked to an stuff, actor yeah. who said he's got like two or three projects that he's committed to yeah um but when a theater company says no we're we're canceling or postponing a show suddenly you don't know if that means your show is going to be affected right and so it's been it's been a curious time but anyway what i do have is um well san francisco shakes and i just sent you the uh, the links pericles yeah pericles yep uh it august 14th of course it's passed already 21 to tonight and 28th via Zoom, and then September 4th will be live. Right. And, and Alan Coyne is in. Yeah, well, and fingers crossed I may end up being there in. There you go. So we'll see. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing I put down was just the link to the American Theater Magazine article. Yes, yes. No, it's fantastic. It's fan- and congratulations to you and uh, to all, Katya and... Jed and Stephanie. Right. Yeah, no, it's, it's, yeah. Pretty, it's pretty You've wild. You've done a lot of work at, the, uh, at uh, Playground. Have you have you worked with Playground or been in the Potrero stage? The Potrero stage for the Monday night. Uh, uh, Monday night Playground. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. so you have you have right mm-hmm. on. It's uh, you know I, I don't know of anyone who hasn't. You know everyone has sort of touched <laughs> in on it, so it's very very it's cool. So yeah, so congratulations to that. So we've talked about Pericles. Also, the Edinburgh Fringe Online has will be doing a play um, written by Lynn Aylward, who was on the A episode one thirty two. Three Chords and oh. the Truth. Uh-huh. Uh huh. It uh, opened yesterday, li- I mean, online, a stage reading, uh, and it closes on the 29th. So I'm glad that she's getting exposure. And of course, Alan Coyne, who <laughs> is in everything, is also in that as well. Right. Yeah. You, <laughs> so, you can't turn around without seeing right, Alan's exactly. name. Right, exactly. So somewhere. congratulations to Lynn Aylward uh, for that. Uh, Paulo Salazar, we've had him on, and he's an ex Bendel Stiffer. Uh, I had his. Um, 
I had to take down his uh, his. I bought a uh, art right piece the of painting. This. Yeah, the painting. Oh, I, <laughs> I want to change the pace. <laughs> oh, okay. But in any case, uh, he has a piece being showcased at the Yerba Buena Center for the Arts, and so that's fantastic. Nice. And so if you get mm-hmm. to visit there, uh, you can check out his ex- exhibition. is called Echo Location. Um, there's an adaptation of Coriolanus called Cry of Curs. Huh. That'll be August the 27th, which is uh, next week, until September the 12th. I'm not sure who told me about this. Um, oh, uh-huh. Somebody's involved about this. Um, Silicon Valley Shakes has folk tales from around oh, the world. Oh, um, Leticia's involved in it. I Leticia, forget. Du- uh, Leticia Duarte, Duarte is uh, yeah, uh, involved in curse. it. Okay, yeah. got it. So let's give a shout out to Leticia, who's been on a tear. Yeah, it's... Uh, I want to say that's no, no, no. It's a Ken Kelleher, and I don't know what organization it's through, but he's a major uh, director in Bay Area. Yeah, um, he's putting that together. Right on. So, uh, folk tales from around the world. Silicon Valley Shakes is doing that. Radical Rao has a piece in that. I believe Echo Yamamoto has a piece in that as well. Um, that's August the thirteenth, which is passed already, but it continues until the 29th. Improv for Life classes. Uh, Crystal Brown is still uh, teaching that, and she's been on the yay. Episode 62, mm. uh, that continues until the 29th, August 29th, mm-hmm. and we have a website for that. Uh, Central Works is uh, doing a script club, so you'll download and read a play script, send in your questions for the playwright, and then listen to an audio interview with the playwright. That is delivered monthly, and huh. we have a link for that. Uh-huh. Uh, we've been talking about Shakespeare, so that's still going on. Right. And Richard III will be um, presenting next week. I believe that'll be uh, streamed online. And... Lamont Rogel will be the uh, incredible Richard III. Yeah. Uh, and wow. Cynthia Lagazinski will be the Duchess of York. And we've mm-hmm. had both of them on the A. Mm-hmm. We've talked about Mallory Samara, who is our wonderful consulting producer. Yay. She's producing a podcast for KCBS Radio called Connect the Dots. And we invite people to check out Connect the Dots. Also, uh, Sherilyn Connolly, uh, we've had her on mm. uh, episode 100. Oh, right. She's yeah. written a book. Uh, okay. Sherilyn Conley, for those oh. who don't know, a, tr- a transgendered woman. Yeah. Uh, she was a, a large part of Darkroom Theater, and mm-hmm. she ha- writes an article for, I want to say, San Francisco Chronicle. But in any case, she has a book out called Beautiful Ghosts, a queer memoir of oh. San Francisco. Uh-huh. And that's available on Amazon, so you should check that out. Yeah. I'm always excited to hear, you know, uh, you know uh, people, they do the theater stuff, but they also do other things. Mm-hmm. Bridget Dutta Portman also has a book out. Um, let me curse her down to that. Um, the Twin Stars, a young adult sci-fi fantasy novel that deals with the mental health themes. And that can be bought on Amazon. So yeah. everyone has their little side gig going on. So that's very, very you cool. you got to. Speaking of books on Amazon, Four Men in Paris is on Amazon. Please buy that. <laughs> and also, uh, we have, we have uh, merch. We have yeah. jerseys. Yay! <laughs> and I want I'll, one. Yeah, well, hey, uh, we haven't, uh, you know, I haven't even thought about it. And someday what, what we'll have price. a team. <laughs> well, well, I think the Bay Area is a sort of a team in itself. I think, you know, we may be in Bindlestiff, we may be at Chickahan, we may be at San Francisco Shakes, Central Works, the Douglas Morrison Theater. We're all actors. We're all in the Bay Area. We're all rooting for each other. We go to each other's shows. Um, I think we're a part of a team already, so... I like it. I thought about the idea of the jersey. So mm-hmm. pump it or dump it. I've got, you know, black colored jerseys, white colored jerseys. And uh, mm. if you're interested in buying a jersey and supporting the A, uh, let me know. Hit me up. I think I'll, the price will be $20. Cause it sounds fair. Much. Yeah, yeah. It sounds fair. So um, send, send me an Instagram link or a uh, Facebook link if you want to buy a jersey. 
let us know and uh, thank you for supporting the A. That is it. Lauren, did you have a good time? I had a great time. Thank you so much for having me. I, like just the discussions, I feel like, oh, I wish I could stay and we could just keep talking <laughs> on or off the air. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. And I, I'm known for just rambling on and on and <laughs> on. And poor Norman is like, dude, I got to <laughs> But no, yeah. we, we enjoy it. And this is why we do the podcast. Today, so. today is comfortable. I did mention that Pete is working with the Pete Fitzsimmons. Uh, yep, Pete yes. at uh, UCSF. Right on. So he, he and Michael Asbury, uh, this uh, role playing with uh, student oh, medical nice. students. Very, very nice medical students. Yeah, yeah. They yeah, we're all playing the same guy. <laughs> oh, interesting. Harry Lee. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, there was a guy. Um, he's passed away already. I forget his name, but he wanted to get me involved in this. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, being a, a patient, and uh, I guess that you know sort of went away. And I'm well, sort of busy. It's, with it, it, yeah, it's an all day commitment. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't happen very often, but when it happens, it's an all-day commitment playing the same character, having that interview over and over again. And we were talking about it. I just did the training, and we were talking about it, and I was saying, so the challenge as an actor is you want to bring that character as fully to life as you can. Sure, sure. But the more I am dealing with whatever my medical condition is, the more I'm in that moment, the less I am paying attention to you. But we are also required on the job to evaluate these people. So I can't yeah, just these check into doctors. my pain. I can't yeah. just disappear in my pain. I actually have to pay attention to how well you're responding to me acting my pain. Yeah, it's an interesting thing for young doctors to, you know, to not oh, yeah. only, because that's a, and I'm sure nurses as well, Lauren, you know, uh, here we go talking again. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, you know, it's not just analyzing your pain. And you mentioned it uh, on the podcast earlier today. Mm-hmm. Where you sometimes have to criticize, you know, patients if they're not taking their medications. Like, Jimmy, yep. are you taking your medication? Yes, I am. Well, I'm not seeing it. Right. It doesn't look like it to me. Right. Have you been doing your exercise? You're a little bigger. Mm-hmm. And that's tough. I mean, you know, learning to deal with people. You haven't had anyone yell at you. Oh, all the time. Oh, uh-huh. right? yeah. Plates. I'm oh, a yeah. do- I can dodge plates. <laughs> oh, goodness. Man. Throw up, I can dodge. I it's tell fine. you, that, that is an <laughs> occupation I would not want to do. Are you still a nurse? Um, I teach part-time, very, very oh, part-time. Nice. But okay. I, I, I don't practice. I, I don't envy it. That That is a very, very tough job. I had a girlfriend of mine who would take care of the elderly, and she would talk about cleaning their poop and you right. know, washing them or whatever. I mean, that that's what real love is about. That's mm-hmm. the job. Yeah. yeah. All righty. Well, let's clean it up. Uh, you can listen to the A on all um, podcast apps. We're on the uh, that purple podcast app if you have an iPhone or an iPad. If you're in SoundCloud user, you can use the SoundCloud app. I just go on SoundCloud.com. We will not be on uh, YouTube because we're live, so it's purely <laughs> audio. We're talking about doing a, you know, an audio version just on YouTube, so we'll see. As always, The A was created by theater people for theater people. If you have a show you want to advertise or if you just want to advertise yourself, let us know. Hit us up. We're at the Yay3. That is our official uh, Twitter mm-hmm. uh, feed. Uh, uh, we're also on Instagram. We're on Facebook. I'm at Red Space Clay. And I'm at Hoosier Hoosier. Uh, Lauren, do you have uh, social media that y- we can Yeah, there's you Instagram, on? she said. At LaSandre. L-A-S-A-N-D-R-E-I. At LaSandre. LaSandre? Mm-hmm. L-A-S-A-N-D-R-E. A-N-D-R-E-I. A-N-D-R-E-I. Mm-hmm. Got it. All right, so if anyone is looking for a, oh, yes, thank you so much. If anyone is looking for a uh, fantastic actress, writer, 
Uh, I would even say director. Do you direct? <laughs> I have directed. <laughs> there <yes>. you go. <laughs> you can't go wrong with Lauren. And if you just want to see some, you know, wonderful pictures and inspirational stories, she's, she'll have something there for you. So check her out. Thank you so much. And as Norman and I always say, we've, we've got to find a better, better sign-off. And we are out. <laughs>